it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. By popular demand, we're now offering a payment method in addition to PayPal, which has served us well for a long time. You now can sign up directly on our VIP sign-up form and become a VIP member in about 30 seconds by entering your debit or credit card number right on our signup form. We use the Stripe payment service. It's safe, it's secure, it's encrypted, and we never see the details. But within a minute, you're a VIP member. And we're running a sale right now. It's our second sale of 2020, just announced this month. You can go VIP for just 99 cents for a full month. That'll cover everything we do for SummerSlam, TakeOver 30, and All Out, with everything else before, during, and in between. All you have to do is enter August 2020 as the coupon code on our streamlined, simplified sign-up form. Go to pwtorch.com slash govip. That is pwtorch.com slash govip. That'll tell you everything about what comes with the VIP membership, the weekly newsletter, PDF and all-text format, exclusive content, a lot of my writing, editorials, cover stories, our staff feature columns, and so much more. Again, in PDF and all-text format, plus our entire podcast lineup, new podcasts every single day that are VIP-exclusive, ad-free versions of the Wade Keller Podcasts and the PW Torch Daily Casts, and archives dating back to the late 1980s, over 1,600 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, plus an ad-free version of our redesigned and revamped website, pwtorch.com. Check out the new look, the new logo, the new layout, and enjoy it ad-free as a VIP member. Again, go to pwtorch.com slash govip. And for just 99 cents, that's $9 off our monthly sub. By the way, you can apply the $9 discount to our three-month and one-year sub if you'd rather. Go to pwtorch.com slash govip. Click on the sign-up form and then enter coupon code AUGUST2020. You can still use PayPal or you can enter your credit card or debit card directly on our sign-up form. It takes just 90 seconds, and you will unlock access to over three decades of Torch-style wrestling coverage. There's an unmatched, incredible array of insider information, editorials, interviews, contemporaneous coverage of pro wrestling's biggest matches, biggest events. Check it out, pwtorch.com slash govip. Come on back or join us for the first time. Enter coupon code AUGUST2020 to get $9 off whatever VIP subscription term you choose. That brings one month down to just 99 cents. Give it a shot. We think you will love it. We appreciate your support. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for Wade's interview with one of Pro Wrestling's newsmakers. One of the people I've interviewed the most over the years who I enjoyed every interview thoroughly was Mick Foley. From early interviews in the Torch Talk days in circa 1990, uh, all the way through just in recent months. I've interviewed every conversation I've had with Mick Foley. This interview from five years ago this weekend came after one of the longest periods between interviewing him, and it was great catching up. And I think if you missed it the first time around, you're going to really enjoy this conversation with Mick Foley on the PW Torch Livecast, August 14th, 2015, five years ago this week. Here we go. Welcome to the PW Torch Livecast. I am Wade Keller, editor and publisher of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter since 1987. Also, PWTorch.com, the website since 1999, the sister website covering MMA, MMATorch.com, and also host of this, the PW Torch Livecast, the last five and a half years here at PWTorchLivecast.com. It is interview Thursday on August 13th, 2015, and in just a moment, I am very excited and pleased to be able to introduce a first-time guest on this program, but a long-time friend and subject of Torch Talks over the years. I I bragged this week, uh, or touted this week, that Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, Mankind, has been uh, one of my favorite interview subjects in the 27 going on 28 years that I have been doing interviews of pro wrestlers. And it has uh, been too long. Uh, the last time I interviewed him was uh, to interview him about his first novel, Tia Tim Brown, for PW Torch newsletter, a Torch Talk, where he talked about the process of writing that novel. And I really enjoyed that interview. And uh, he'll be joining us in just seconds, because I am going to not uh, waste any more time. By the way, if you're listening to us live, I, my apologies for the show starting late today. That almost never happens, but my shortcuts home to avoid traffic ran into two detours that I did not know about. So I'm kind of taking some deep breaths, a little zen, uh, calm down from traffic stress, and uh, and uh, bring, it, uh, bring it on board Mick Foley for the interview. Should do it. I want to see if this connection is working. Uh, Mick, can you hear us? I can hear you on that end. Can you hear me? I sure can, Mick. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your patience in coming on today's program. Uh, you're, you're welcome. And right, it's for them. You know, I'm actually Now the uh, now the phone connection is kind of shaky. You're sounding garbled. 
Let me uh, have you do a test. Test speak right now again, Nick. I apologize. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. What? You you are you're still breaking up. If I gave you our number to call directly yeah. instead of me, would you be able to do that? Yeah, I'll do that right now. Let's try. It. Okay, so let me give you the number. It's six four six seven two one nine eight two eight, and I'll look for your number on the switchboard. And I will email you that number right now too. All right. Uh, thanks for call right now. Great. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, everybody, for your patience. We, uh, I tried to use a different method for patching him in than usual, um, and it did work. So hopefully a direct connection from him will work better. So I'll look for his, uh, his name on the switchboard, and uh, we will bring him on board. I'm so excited for this interview. Mick is uh, – he's not listening now, so uh, I, I, um, he won't know. He won't think that I'm gushing too much, but one of the nicest guys um, in this industry, and uh, – that, that I have uh, dealt with and uh, just a real genuine person and his work with, uh, with charity um, since his time in the public eye as a full-time wrestler has been admirable. And I think uh, just very genuine. Um, let's try this again. Uh, Mick, welcome back to the show. Uh, can you hear me now? It's perfect. Thank you. I'm glad that worked. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mick, I was just talking uh, for a few seconds between talking to you just a minute ago that I think that since you have uh, left the public eye full time on national television as an active wrestler, you have been people, you know, Jimmy Carter's in the news this week with the sad news that he has cancer. Um, and people talk about him as being the best ex-president in terms of what he has done with his name value and, and being an ex-president and what he's able to been able to do with that equity to do good in the world. And I think that you are a role model when it comes to taking that equity that you have from your years in the ring and the the admiration the public has for you and turning that into almost every public appearance you do, pushing something having to do with the charity work that you do. Um, was that something that you kind of planned all along, or is it something where you found yourself, wow, I don't have to pack my bags and go go wrestle I want to give back, and it was sort of something you thought of after basically retirement came about. Oh wow, it's kind of, kind of uh, thank you very much. Um, I uh, I did a, t- a top ten list of the best ex wrestlers <laughs> about a year ago, and I wouldn't put myself on my own list, uh, but I might be flattered if other people you know made a list and had me on there. I think you know when you talked to me in two thousand three, I was at. Uh, Paul Newman's Hole in the Wall Gang camp, and I was actively involved a lot more in, uh, you know, active volunteering than I am now. Um, but I specifically remembered thinking, you know, as I realized my and my days of full time wrestling were in the ring, that you know I'd better, you know, I, I'd better show I care while people still care about me. And <laughs> I honestly thought my shelf life was going to be, you know, just a, a couple of years, the post wrestling shelf life, and so I. You know, made a lot of phone calls when I got uh, done with the full-time WWE schedule, and I started reaching out and uh, you know finding groups that I could um, volunteer for. And and over the years, you know, I kind of whittle them, whittle the groups down to you know to a few causes where I can make the biggest difference. But yeah, that was really a conscious effort because I I uh, even though I wasn't often the uh, you know the wish for a uh, uh, for a wish-granting organization, I would always go out of my way to try to make someone's day a little bit better. And I know on the few occasions when I was, uh, you know, a child's wish, I would 
round up as many guys as I could to try to make that occasion as special as possible. And I just, I tried to do some of that, um, uh, in my post, you know, post, post wrestling days. Absolutely. Um, and so we don't lose the opportunity to do it later in the show because we get wrapped up in our conversation. What charity now are you, what charities now are you working with or what projects do you have coming up and how can people who appreciate you taking time to do this show and appreciate your career who maybe not, aren't aware of what causes you believe in, where can they go to find out more about what you're uh, doing? Sure. Well, you know what, um, people who listen to you may be familiar with the fact, you know, that we haven't, I haven't done an interview with you for a long time and, and you've been very polite in asking, you know, it's, uh, you know, for the past few years. And uh, this year you pointed out that I had emailed you and said, you know, uh, let's do it in August when my uh, when my rain raffle is happening. Yeah. And uh, I realized what I had done is that I originally planned to do the raffle around SummerSlam, uh, thinking that I was in New York City, um, that uh, I could have a better chance to get four tickets instead of two, and that there wouldn't be as much competition uh, with all the events uh, surrounding Mania. And then in the interim, you know, we decided to do it during Mania, and it was a big mm-hmm. uh, a big success. But when you pointed that out and uh, showed me my own words, I thought, yeah, well, I did say I'd be on in August, and, and here I am. I wasn't planning on promoting <laughs> anything, but as long as you give me the uh, opportunity, I'd say the two that um, I'm uh, still, you know, most active on are Rain, which is the Rape, Bu- Abuse, Incest National Network, um, they can be reached for volunteering donations or for people in, uh, in need at rain, R-A-I-N-N dot org. Um, and then Child Fund International is a group I've been working with since 1992 to try to, uh, sponsor kids and, you know, create, uh, better sanitation and, uh, education for children in need around the world. That's something my wife and I got involved in, uh, you know, um, 23 years ago. Excellent. So uh, in, in terms of people going to uh, websites or your website or anything like that or following you on Twitter, it, it, where, where can people go if they want to find out even more about what you're involved in? Well, I try to keep it real, Wade. So uh, yeah. everything, uh, the uh, website is realmcfoley.com. Uh, Twitter is at realmcfoley and Facebook is uh, facebook.com, uh, realmcfoley. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I will mention if we have big things, you know, the annual uh, rain raffle has really become, uh, has really helped a lot of people out. And I, and I appreciate you guys getting the word out. And I, and one of the nice things about the raffle is you realize that every time somebody, uh, mentions it or retweets it, uh, they're actually decreasing their own chances of winning. And it's only, it's very seldom that somebody will say, Hey, but what are my chances of winning? <laughs> and you want to say like, if you're really concerned, you know, like I, the people realize the chances are very slim and uh, they get together and, and uh, you know, for a good cause. The same way I was really proud of the wrestling community and the way they supported Jerry Lynn last week. Um, yeah. That was really nice. I mean, to see like 800 people had don- donated uh, money uh, in, in just three or four days and helped a really, you know, not only a great wrestler, but a class act out with his uh uh, neck issues was, was really nice. So, um, every now and then the community does get together and we, we do really positive things. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Don't forget, we also have the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts. That is a blue logo show. This show, you'll notice, has a red logo. There's a very similar logo, but it's blue. And that's for our Thursday flagship, plus our mailbag and interview shows. We have first-run interviews and, most weekends, a classic interview from our archives. Just search Wade Keller in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Pro Wrestling Podcasts and choose the blue logo and subscribe. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I was so happy with the way things went with Jerry Lynn. I didn't know. You know, I mean, Jerry wasn't a guy who was on, uh, you know, six WrestleManias in a row. And I, I thought, you know, what kind of support will there be for Jerry for this? And, and you know, will people look at what he did and where he is and why he's in the position he is? to need surgery and need financial help and who will support him. And not only did fans do it, but people in the industry did who worked with him or respect the work he did. And Jerry's one of those guys, Mick, I'm glad you brought him up. I mean, I, I, I think he is one of the best. I think his top 20 matches of his, the last 20 years match up pretty closely with the very top tier of anybody in terms of the top 20 matches, not in terms of crowd size or his paydays. That actually makes it even more admirable in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that you would be. Re- it's really difficult to find somebody who, whose best twenty matches are better than his twenty matches of the last twenty years. I agree with you, man. He, you know, people, uh, companies were built on his uh, on his back, and uh, it's nice to know that people remember those things. Very good, excellent. Well, uh, Mick, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about before I uh, look at some email questions here with a variety of topics is you and I have been doing. Interviews, uh, certainly in the, I think 1989 probably was the first time we did a torch talk and we did a few of them and it was at kind of at the beginning 
of wrestlers who would go on record for publication with their name attached and talk about the inner workings of the industry and the business side of things. And uh, it wasn't so much, hey, let's deconstruct a match and let's talk about what a finish is going to be. Not that kind of thing, but just, you know, here's where my career is. Here's where my aspirations are. Um, I know in, in listening back to some of the interviews we've done in recent years, you know, you talking about, well, if I can achieve this and wrestle in front of this crowd in this country or have a contract and make this much money for, you know, three years, I'll, I'll consider it a huge success. Uh, looking back at the totality of your career um, and where you came from, are you still kind of amazed at wh- how much you were able to achieve with the criticism or critics of your style, Ole Anderson being one of the vocal ones, but that you, the business actually evolved with you to the point that you didn't just have a place, but you were able to take what you were very good at in the, on the ring, in the ring and on the microphone. And I think reach an incredible high level of the business appreciating you and make, and you making money off of it and it making money from your talents. I, I just think if you, if we look back to the 1989, 1990, 1991 period and then fast forwarded, you, you would almost not believe that the industry did evolve at the right time for you and that you helped bring it along in, a, in that attitude era, especially. Yeah. Yeah. That's an, that's an excellent point. Uh, yeah. My goals, uh, and I, you know, my career far surpassed my, you know, my wildest, uh, expectation. And I think maybe when we were talking in, uh, uh, post my post WCW in, in 1990 after my first run, then my goal was really to you know to go to Japan. That's you know really why I thought um, you know my my future lie. I didn't see the WWE thing happening at all. And uh, uh, I mean, I'm, yeah, I was very fortunate um, that I had people uh, pushing for me at the right time. Uh, you know, so so for a guy, you know. So a guy like Ole Anderson didn't appreciate my style, um, but guys like Jim Ross and The Undertaker did at the most opportune times. And in retrospect, guys like Ole um, not appreciating my style were were blessings in disguise because I was able to make moves and leave places and uh, and 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 leave in the right way with a notice and with the door open. Uh, I didn't burn too many bridges <laughs> until after. Yeah. Wrestling career ended. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was really, yeah, it was really, you know, kind of shocking because, uh, you know, um, you know, WWE using, you know, going hardcore was, was just not in the cards, uh, back when I met you in the late eighties. Yeah. And, and from, uh, just, uh, kind of looking from a, you know, 10,000 feet in the air down at the wrestling industry at where it is today versus, and, and the whole journey that it's been on. Are there things that surprise you the most in terms of, like, I'm even thinking of kind of the KFA thing, because that's kind of going full circle back to my question about you doing Torch Talks with us early on, and, you know, Paul Heyman, Jim Cornette, Eddie Gilbert, Pat Chris Cruz in WCW, early Torch Talk subjects who saw wrestling, I think, all kind of in a similar way about where it was headed and some changes that needed to be made. I, I argue pretty regularly these days that I think the, the, what we call kayfabe, you know, the aspect of from the opening to closing credits, trying to create as realistic of a show as you can. And even with social media, 
that we've almost gone too far. You know, like I, I, I feel I, I find myself ironically sort of arguing to pull back a little bit on what I was advocating for 25 years ago in terms of uh, I think now wrestling would be better if people were if, if WWE and, and TNA and even ROH and indie promotions, if they all worked a little harder to pull the curtain back closed a little bit on certain aspects. How, how do you feel on that kind of general topic? Well, especially, you know, on the um, on the television shows, I think people should still be allowed to escape um, and suspend their, their disbeliefs, you know, willingly. Um, yeah. And then and then have forums like uh, like Twitter and and uh, and uh, other Internet options to talk more openly. Uh, so I think there's a balance you always have to find, you know, you don't. Want to just uh, pander to the you know to the smarter fans, uh, but you also don't want to insult anybody's in- intelligence. But uh, I think during the course of the show, you know, matches should be called as matches, and uh, and it should be understood that people, um, you know, they do like the escapism that wrestling provides. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, like I, I think about Jake the Snake Roberts, one of the great characters of the 80s and, and 90s. 
And, and um, there's a movie coming up. Uh, DDP just called me about a half hour ago and, and let me know that that's the, the Jake Roberts story. Uh, the, I think is it the resurrection of Jake Roberts? Oh, there's yeah, yeah. And I watched it at the uh, accountability crib uh, with DDP, and I can vouch uh, that it's an excellent movie. Oh, great! Yeah, and he we, he may be on the show next month. Uh, uh, Jake might be. Um, in addition to DDP talking about that, uh, so Jake is fresh in my mind because of that. And and Jake was somebody who the last thing that I would want to see as a Jake Roberts fan at any stage of his. Uh, you know, prime years, uh, whether it's world class or, you know, WCW, WBF, especially WBF. The last thing I want to do is go on Twitter and have him portraying himself in a way, even on Twitter, that completely undercut the image he projected on television. Like, <laughs> I kind of want to think, and I've said this before, live casters with Lunel, I kind of, when I watch Seth Rollins on Raw now, I kind of want to think when he goes to the DMV every year to renew his license, everybody in there goes, oh god, this guy's back. Oh, God. You know, like, I don't want Seth to be, like, this nice, gregarious guy in his neighborhood. I want him to be the guy that no one at the DMV actually wants to help because he's such a jerk. So, like, I kind of want wrestlers to try a little harder, in other words, to match up even their social media image so that I think, I know they exaggerate on television, but, you know, like, you always kind of got to be, you know, as Cactus Jack, you were kind of Mick Foley. As Dude Love, you were an an alternate aspect of your in, in embellished, as Vince McMahon always said, it's, you know, turned up, the volume turned up. And even Mankind tapped into a side of, a side of you. And I think you always got to kind of be consistent in that way, where the, what, what you were portraying on TV did authentically match something deep inside of you, even as you said in some of your brilliant promos, it was some deep dark corner that you hated to visit. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh that was kind of out of necessity. Um I think if I'd come along in an e- earlier era when the territories were still strong, I would just bounce from territory to territory, you know, portraying a um, you know, the original Cactus Jack as a more menacing psychotic heel and there wouldn't have been a need to change things up, but I think when you're on um television for longer periods of time, like the audience really needs uh, you know, they they need to know more. That they're you need to add depth to your characters, and uh, and uh, I, like I said, out of necessity, uh, the the characters would would change. You know, the example yeah. is 1996. Mankind was, you know, was really I thought effective, but fairly one dimensional. And it wasn't until I was given the opportunity, you know, almost a uh, you know, 15 or 16 months after joining the company to do the much longer range, uh, interview, longer form interview with Jim Ross, where people started to feel like they knew me as a, a person and that, uh, that clicked immediately. But I agree with you. There are certain guys absolutely who, uh, should stay in character. And I, I said during my Hall of Fame speech and, uh, and I've said several times on shows in the interim that, uh, you know, I don't want to w- live in a world where I wake up and, see that the undertaker has started tweeting you know that yeah you see lol <laughs> dead man like there should definitely be uh uh yeah i think some guys absolutely should uh <laughs> should you know should be kept in character because that's the way people want to see them yeah exactly and obviously there's some characters you know john cena going grocery shopping doesn't do anything to his character um, you know, Randy, you know, like, or Alberto Del Rio and Mark Henry at the peak of their heel turn, or at the peak of their heel run on Raw a couple years back, they actually showed them during a Raw when they were trying to get heel heat at a charity event, reading books to kids and smiling. 
And it was like, you know, two different departments really weren't in sync. And I thought, you know, that took me out of the story they were telling me about Mark and Del Rio. They've actually gotten better about that since then. I think more than just me was kind of outraged about that. It's just, yeah, why, why go out of your way to remind, to, to let people know that the reason that the person you see on TV is acting the way they are is it, why, why do anything to make a viewer think that's not because that's what they're actually really like in real life to some degree. And I, I, I like that. Your promos, Mick, were among the first long form promos. You seemed like, cause, you know, both of us, you know, similar in age, uh, grew up watching somebody hold a microphone and somebody would talk for 30 seconds to 90 seconds. And it was over. And I don't know if you were the first or the most prominent, but especially in ECW, you had a chance to go on longer. And that has now become the norm, probably almost to a fault, you know, at times with some guys who just aren't, they're not really on a weekly basis that interesting for 12 straight minutes. But you, <laughs> you were, I mean, and so I, I want to take you back to that time too. And, and maybe say, was, was it ECW when you first felt you had that, that, uh, uh, license and freedom to go on longer that Paul gave you that freedom? Or do you think that you even got to explore that in WCW some and talk about the fight for time for doing promos that were more in-depth than just the sound bites? Yeah, well, I was allowed to. I had a lot of freedom in WCW. And, uh, you know, we were talking about 60 and 90-second promos and how things have evolved from then, and they have. But at the same time, I think guys learned so much from doing the town specific uh interviews where you would have you know 30 or 40 50 interviews sometimes more for specific towns you know it'd be 90 seconds Montgomery 2 weeks away go 60 seconds uh Jacksonville 30 seconds go and most guys would have one you know like a basic interview they would modify to fit the towns and the dates and I know that I was, you know, one of the few guys who would try to do something different on every interview. And it's actually, uh, DDP, uh, who heard me doing promos during my second run in WCW in the fall of 1991 when I didn't know I was being brought in for, a, you know, what was supposed to be a six week run to be one of a series of heels kind of fed to sting to, you know, um, put some new life into me. He had a couple of tired, uh, uh, programs and they wanted to do some things where he was fed some heels in rapid order. And it was DDP, uh, who heard me doing these promos, uh, went over to Dusty Rhodes, uh, and said, Dream, you really need to listen to this guy. And so I think guys could learn a lot. I think it's one of the things that's missing is just the, the repetitions, you know, like anything else, you get better with time. And I think that's one of the things I liked most about the, uh, for all mankind. Uh, DVD is that you could see the process happening and you could see the, the confidence growing and, uh, the improvement in the promos so that when I did have a, a chance to expand on thoughts like the, uh, the groundwork was, was already there, I would think it would be really hard to just go out with a microphone and say, okay, give me your innermost thoughts and make it good. You're live. So I'm really fortunate that I had places to fail and uh small stages to work on before I got to uh you know a national uh national television audience so that when I was given the chance I was I was ready
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. think we've probably gone in today's scene. And I, I mean, how much wrestling do you watch these days? I mean, it's, it, I know it's just, it varies for ex-wrestlers from year to year too, but uh, do, you, do you kind of keep up on things a lot or somewhat? Yeah, I watch almost every Raw. Um, I watch Smackdowns when I can. I'll be honest, like I don't, I don't rush to, to watch a, a Smackdown that's on DVR the way I would a Raw. Yeah. And I will check out Ring of Honor and, um, and uh, TNA uh, occasionally, and I, I love uh, catching up on the independents. Like, I make it a, a point to watch as many matches as I can on the independent scene when I'm fortunate enough to have bookings. Um, and, I, and I feel like I learn a lot about not only, you know, the good talent that's out there, but the passion that guys have for the business when they're, you know, putting the best effort they possibly can out there in front of a crowd, no matter what the size. Like I, I look at Randy Orton, and I, I think he's somebody who would benefit from being able to punt, kind of hit his notes quicker and not have to do the longer promos. But sometimes they don't put they, they put him out there for a long time, or they don't put him out there at all. And like for instance, on Monday's Raw, and I'm not trying to get too into the weeds on like second guessing WWE. This is more just an example for a broader topic. I want WWE to look at the entire history of how we promoted matches and go. All right, in this industry, 
it's been done a lot of different ways. Here's the way we're doing it now, but is there something that got kind of old and tired that would feel new again? And Randy Orton won the, the triple threat match, went on to fight Seth Rollins for the title, but we didn't get that, that 45 second, 90 second Randy Orton promo with Renee Young backstage telling, giving me as a viewer the reasons to get hyped up, excited and believe that Randy could win. And, and I miss that. Like it's, and maybe they think it's too old school or, or, 2K baby for Randy Orton to come out there and act like that would be his ultimate dream right now. I'm going to do it for you guys. You know, whatever fits his character. I want to see more of those short soundbite interviews, but there's obviously also a place for the longer form interviews with a three hour raw format. And that's something that, you know, 20 years ago just wasn't even fathomed. A three hour weekly show, not to mention, like you say, two hours more SmackDown. And that sort of does change the needs for filling TV time too. But I think there's a way to mesh the styles. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I was, I tried to be a real student of the game. I had to be a real student of the game, you know, in order to succeed. I was, uh, you know, in case this is news to your listeners, I was playing with a pretty limited physical hand, so I had to be able to play, play to my strengths. Uh, and fortunately, you know, promos became a big part of that. Um, as I mentioned, you know, I, I saw a career for myself in Japan in the late 80s. Um, yeah. early 90s where mike skills weren't nearly as uh as necessary but i think guys could really learn a lot by going back and seeing what worked for the real masters of the 60 to 90 second promo if guys went back and they watched the dusty Rhodes and piper and flair and funk and guys like that who drew money everywhere they went and then sat down and tried to figure out why that was the case um because you're right you know in the old days uh uh, promos were delivered specifically to sell tickets. And then, uh, somewhere, you know, in the, the mid nineties, it became about, uh, um, fleshing out the character and entertaining people, which was great. Um, but I think if you got back to that sense of urgency we saw in those old school promos and injected a little bit of that into the, uh, the current guys that, uh, everybody would come out ahead. Absolutely. Um, one other topic, well, one of the other topics I want to talk to you about is pretty much at the 10-year anniversary of your heel turn on Tommy Dreamer. 20-year anniversary, excuse me. 20 years. Heel- yeah. <laughs> that happens to me a lot. I, didn't, I can't believe I see some of these 20 years ago back issues that I post. Because for VIP members of the Torch site, the subscribers for our entry site, you know, every week I put up a 20 years ago back issue. And it's it's kind of my my way that I force myself to not just always be in the moment and looking ahead. Like, it's, it's good to kind of have a systematic reflection on, you know, what happened 20 years ago and the pace of things and all that. And I, I, I can't help but I get distracted reading, you know, old interviews and match reports and headline stories and all that. And it's, it's good to kind of reinforce my wrestling history. But I am shocked sometimes at something that I thought would always feel modern and, and, and so current. And, and it, just, it's, it blows my mind that it was 20 years ago. But it was 20 years ago, August 5th. 1995 in Philadelphia at ECW Arena, um, that you uh, devastated the ECW fan base by surprising Tommy Dreamer with the DDT in the tag match. It was a Pitbulls, Dreamer, and Cactus Jack, Mick Foley. Uh, my guest today, if you're joining us live, by the way, Mick Foley, uh, beating Raven, Steve Richards, and the Dudleys. Um, and uh, Dreamer had to be helped from the ring, and obviously just a really big angle for you. And I, I put in my newswire, I was looking at this too, let me see if I can find this little note and see if you remember this or even are going to dispute my report on the little detail here. Where did it go in the newswire? Oh, maybe it was under cactus. I, it, it talked about how the angle was actually accelerated a little bit from the plan because I think uh, Chris Benoit wasn't, wasn't able to be at the show and there was something planned for him. 
And so the angle actually happened sooner because of that. Um, but nevertheless, I, oh yeah, here's my Cactus Jack's turn will be based around the pain and misfortune he's experiencing, uh, deflating his that Raven is the only fellow ECW wrestler who understands his pain. His heel turn was moved ahead a month or so earlier than expected because something was needed to make up for Benoit's absence from the card. So anyway, not that that's a big deal, but. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's talk about that heel turn and, and what you remember about how excited you were about doing that and being able to explore a different side of your character because people who lived through that or have gone back and looked at it talk about your first heel promos as some of the best in the history of wrestling. And, I mean, it, I, I think they hold up, but even in that moment in time, it was even more shocking because it was the, the level of depth of what you were getting at on multiple levels was I, I still think one of the high points of your career behind the microphone. Yeah, uh, thanks, Wade. Let me try. To, I'm going to try to um, blend a bunch of topics we've been talking into into this Absolutely. one subject. Uh, earlier, I'd said that you know you and I hadn't uh, done an interview in, in 12 years, and that uh, I had mentioned uh, that I might come on to promote the Rain Raffle, which I then did at WrestleMania instead <laughs> of uh, SummerSlam. And I think it was also the, wanting to, you know, to to uh, live up to my word and and do the show. Like I said, I would, but also the uh, intrigue of being able to talk about that that heel turn uh, sounded like uh, fun to me. So it's, it's uh, you yeah. know, it's, mo- most guys aren't going to remember it was 20 years ago today or 20 years ago, August 5th. And then touch on the subject of kayfabe and uh, my comfort level with it. And I will mention that, you know, in addition to the shows that I watch, um, Raw and SmackDown and TNA and Ring of Honor, we do watch Total Divas. And uh, I don't like, I'm not comfortable with the idea on television of somebody in the office coming up and saying, you're turning tonight. As yeah. With Naomi, I just kind of shudder, like, I don't think that's necessary. Like, I think that's too much. And then my son, 12, goes, Dad, would that really happen? Like, would someone really find out? And I said, well, son, <laughs> Actually, you know, Paul Heyman asked me if I would turn heel, you know, like uh, half an hour before uh, before the ECW show began. And uh, uh, I drove, I remember it well, I mean, I drove to that, um, uh, the building, the ECW arena, and I think I mentioned in that promo that evening that even though I'd been there a dozen times, I got lost. I alluded to the, you know, to the uh, concussions I'd had and uh, the damage I'd suffered um, as uh, one of the principal reasons for turning on the fans who I thought demanded too much of us, you know, physically and emotionally. But I remember Paul coming up to me and saying, you know, Cactus, this is not fair of me. This is a decision you have to days, if not weeks, to think through. Uh, it's a career-changing, uh, you know, great <laughs> yes. promo just yes. back. And he, uh, he yeah. said, what is it? He goes, 
I'd like you to consider turning heel tonight. And I thought about it for uh, like a second. I said, okay. And, uh, you know, I already had the reason in mind. And, uh, I think I've been quoted as saying, you know, Michael Hayes, I love the philosophy that no matter what, the heel has to believe he's right. And what I added to that was like the more, you know, like vague, or not, not vague, but, um, the, more disturbing the reason, the better, especially yeah. if there's only one that it was a reason that only the perpetrator could understand. And, uh, I really, you know, it was something that was, it was, you know, we were learning as we went. And I think Raven doesn't get enough credit for stepping back and letting me do my thing. I think, uh, a lesser talent would have tried to talk over my points, especially because uh, in this case, I was kind of like his disciple and he was showing me the light. And, uh, I think we came out of that, you know, with like a really dangerous feel to where even the, the big time ECW fans weren't sure if I was, you know, mentally unhinged. Um, and when we did the, uh, and, uh, and, and really the deciding factor, the image I had in my mind was of the, uh, Paul Mellis, the sign guy, (laughs) helping us to sign and said, Kane Dewey and my wife's reaction when I told her about it. She said she felt sick to her, her stomach. And then I realized, yeah, that is kind of inappropriate. And yes. so that guy became like the face of my heel turn. That sign became the driving force behind the heel turn. So when I was, when I was giving the promos, you know, I was able to go into a place where I absolutely believed in every word I was saying and it was very therapeutic I remember you know my wife driving me with the two kids at the time who were really young driving me to the the house there where the promos were cut I think it was uh Ron Buffon's uh the the, the cameraman's mother's house where we go down in the basement and, and cut the promos so my wife dropped me off and went to the park with uh the two little kids and I emerged uh maybe an hour later after cutting you know, not only the Kane Dewey promo, but what uh, we call the Uncle Willie promo and, and one other, you know, lesser mentioned uh, uh, promo. But I did the three of those in a row, and I came out with this great sense of, like, peace, <laughs> inner peace. Because I got so many things that were real, uh, you know, uh, out of my, you know, off my mind. Like, I just felt like a great weight was lifted off my shoulder. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that everyone needs to dig that deep you know to to find depth to their character but um it certainly helped me it certainly was the way that worked for me one of the really cool parts of being a vip member is getting to relive history through the pages of the pro wrestling torch newsletter back issues we have pro wrestling torch newsletters dating back to the late 1980s we put a new back issue up from 20 years ago that week and so when you go VIP, you instantly have access to over 1,500 back issues and a new PDF, along with an all-text version, if it's easier for you to read that on your phone, uh, goes up every weekend. And the latest issues include a cover story from the June 10th, 2000 issue on Goldberg's return to WCW and whether he's a solution to what was ailing WCW at the time. Also, my column titled, Vince Russo is from Outer Space. And Bruce Mitchell's column, still timely today, unfortunately, of racist gimmicks and poverty pimps was the title. That's issue number 606. The week before that, issue number 605 from June 3rd features a cover story that talks about how there could be a shakeup in the wrestling industry with WCW for sale and ECW having an uncertain future. 
And also a Bruce Mitchell column spoofing Vince Russo titled, How I Became World Champion. If we go back another week to the May 27th, 2000 issue, it had detailed coverage of the Judgment Day 2000 pay-per-view, including my review and staff roundtable reviews of the Rock Triple H 60-minute Iron Man match, and also the final installment of the Lance Storm Torch Talk with his thoughts on various ECW colleagues. The week before that, the May 20th, 2000 issue, issue number 603, features a cover story on Ric Flair's collapse in the ring during Nitro, part three of the Landstorm Torch Talk, with his explanation for why he decided to quit ECW, our coverage of ECW Hardcore Heaven, the pay-per-view, and more. And then the week before that, the May 13th issue, features a cover story on the changing TV landscape in pro wrestling, with the WWF moving from USA to TNN, and a potential shift of ECW, also, a cover sidebar story on the death of an ECW fan after a hotel party and WCW Slamboree coverage. And the week before that, our coverage from the May 6th issue, number 601, of David Arquette winning the WCW title. My EndNotes editorial examining Vince Russo's controversial decision and flippant comments about title belts. Our coverage of WWE Backlash 2000 and more. I could keep going on, but that gives you an idea of what you're missing out on by not being a BIP member. Imagine settling in on the weekend and uh, kicking back and reading wrestling history, not through the lens of WWE filtering it to their benefit, not through people looking back on it through today's lens, but what was said at the time, the week it happened, by some of the voices that you are familiar with here on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and PW Torch Daily Casts. So go VIP and relive professional wrestling through the way the torch covered it in real time with contemporaneous coverage of pro wrestling's biggest events, biggest news stories, biggest personalities. I think you'll have a blast. It alone is worth the membership price for so many of our members. Check out details on everything else that comes with the VIP membership, including daily podcasts that are VIP exclusive and shows like this with the ads and plugs removed. Go to pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full details. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Prices are as low as $8.25 a month on average if you subscribe for a year or check us out for a month for $9.99. Well, was there anything about once you got into that mode where you felt like you were leaving something behind that you were losing, that, that, that getting the cheers from the fans, being the, the hardcore hero or on the on the contrast, did you almost find your words a little too convincing? Where, well, not, not too convincing as judging it. Did you find your own words convincing? And it helped, like you say, it almost rang so true that it did it alter the way that you looked at what you were sacrificing for the fans years before because your promos were just so well put. You even talked yourself really into that train of thought. Yeah, I, I I'm just thinking now that they. Yeah, the, the the promos really ebbed and flowed from the you know from the Kane Dewey promo that was so serious to the uh, you know the anti hardcore <laughs> the the pro hardcore anti hardcore promos that makes any sense those were the ones we did uh, you know where I would just look around and ask Paul okay what can we find what's the wimpiest <laughs> you know food that someone could eat in a watercress sandwich and then i would get on the, the mic and say ah you know I, I you know i just had a watercress sandwich i need a, a little dental floss and i would use the microphone cord to floss my my you know where my front teeth had been and say oh that's right i have no teeth because i'm hardcore and we go around with children's amusement park and do the same thing with a, uh you know with with my ear and 
And, uh, and so we were able to go through a great range of emotions and, uh, cover a lot of ground. And, um, I've, I've, I know that's not a direct answer to your, to, to your question, but it was, uh, on my mind while I was kind of daydreaming there about just how yeah. good Paul was oh. at, uh, letting people grow. And that's why I've referred to him as the master gardener, you know, that he didn't try to put words in my mouth. Uh, but he was there with suggestions and, uh, and, uh, you know, set the, the mood for growth and, uh, and uh, the understanding that uh, everything was on the table, that nothing was too sacred to be talked about. Absolutely. So I, to, to the question, the answer to the question of, did you find yourself going to places you didn't go to sometimes during your real promos, or were you able to, finish the promo, cut, and kind of bring yourself back to more neutral ground. Yeah, I could do that really easily in uh, the mid-1990s. It became harder as I got older, um, in the same way that it became harder for a guy like Dee Snyder, who was a friend of mine, uh, to sit. He said he'd be sitting in his pool going, okay, time to write my next angry teen anthem. And they go, I can't. (laughs) I can't. I'm, I'm too happy. And so... The promos at a certain point, you know, um, you know, when I came back to wrestling and, and, and I'm not picking, I'm not picking on TNA at all. I'm, I'm just saying that I wasn't the same guy I was in 1995 and trying to go back and be that guy felt like, you know, felt like a parody of mm. myself. And, uh, then in, uh, when I came back to WWE, I was given the opportunity to, to do a, a program with Dean Ambrose. I found that even before, uh, the neurologist, uh, you know, uh, put a, put a period at the end of my career, um, that trying to get to that dark place was really difficult. Like I couldn't Mm. emerge from it, uh, as easily. And that going on a road trip and uh, thinking about promos, which used to be so helpful, uh, you know, really became, became difficult. Like I didn't know if I could deliver, uh, I really didn't know if I could deliver on that emotional level, and uh, and uh, and get to that dark place that I used to go. So it was tough to get to the dark place, or it was tough to get there and then get back out of it. Even my Help me out with a word here, Wade. Uh, dramatic, uh, yeah. but it really was. I mean, I really counted on my emotions, you know, guiding me, and and I think that's why uh, the 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 promos came across as being so legitimate because they. Uh, they largely were, and uh, when I was no longer that person, um, then it was really tough to, to, to be that guy. You know, once I became the commissioner, uh, I felt like I really only had one real comeback, and that was the one I did with Randy Orton in 2004, and uh, although I'm really happy that the match with all over the years, um, really that was the only real comeback emotionally that I was capable of making. Fingers crossed. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for putting up with us. And if you do have a question for Mick Foley and you'd um, like to uh, participate with a phone call, the phone number is 646-721-9828. Um, if you can, I'm giving priority to those who are on hold who email PWTorchLiveCast at gmail.com. And let me know the topic that you want to talk about so that I can kind of prioritize it because uh, we did have some people drop off with the technical problems who were on hold, but I think some of them will be calling back in. And uh, if you can drop us an email and let us know what you want to talk about, we can weave it into the conversation a little smoother. Uh, again, that's PWTorchLiveCast 
at gmail.com. When you email, just let us know your phone number in the email so I know what, who you are on the switchboard. Um, the, uh, I, I kind of, I'm trying to think where we left off when our, our call got dropped. Um, we we're talking about Paul Heyman and the art of the, oh yeah, you kind of coming out of, you, yeah, and more lately. it was, you know, to, to coming back and trying to, you know, revisit that character became yeah. more difficult and less, uh, um, less effective, uh, less realistic as, as, uh, time went by. And that I really yep. thought, um, 2004, you know, in my heart was like the real comeback <laughs> that, uh, everything else after yeah. that point, um, to, after, after 2004, was largely me pretending to be someone I used to be. Uh, that, that, and I remember the follow-up question I really wanted to ask you, too, It related to all this. How have fans changed in the last oh, 25 yeah. years? Yeah, well, you know, it's, 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 it's changed for the better. I mean, uh, part of the reason, you know, Dana White saying wrestling is fake was such a big deal is that you really don't hear that anymore you hear that so so uh so seldom that having a a bright guy like dana come out and say it seems just kind of uh it's just just unnecessary uh jarring and yeah yeah uh, because and, and then it was um i think two days later that a guy asked me when i returned my car <laughs> something I've always wanted to know. I said, what's that? He goes, is wrestling, was wrestling as fake then as it is, as it is now? And I kind of cut a promo on him <laughs> just because I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it because it had been so long since, you know, somebody had said something, you know, like that in, yeah. um, uh, to me personally. But that, you know, in, when I started in 85, that was almost all you got. So at a certain point, when fans uh, came to appreciate wrestling for what it was instead of knocking it for what it wasn't, um, I think it was beneficial to you know, the business in general and to me specifically because I was, you know, people almost went from going, oh, I get it. <laughs> He's not just losing every night. He's losing with style. And I think yeah. it became obvious that I was putting a lot into my efforts. And, uh, you know, as wrestling people acknowledge wrestling for what it was uh i think there was a much better appreciation for the guys like me who who didn't you know hold as many titles or didn't win as many matches um but uh you know we're 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 doing whatever they could to entertain the fans i think if somebody on twitter had said uh to dana white Hey, why do you charge so much for pay-per-views? I can go see one of Rock's movies for ten dollars. <laughs> I don't think Mick. I don't think uh, Mick that Dana White would have shot back. Well, you should only pay ten dollars because Rock's movies are fake. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that—that's what bugs me about that. It's—it's it's, since the wrestling industry, to a fault, going almost too—not just almost. I strongly feel too far that diva, the total diva example you gave a great one in pulling the curtain back. I think that applying the term fake for so many reasons, terms, uh, reasons that Taz spoke out about, you know, well, aspect, it's predetermined, but the, you know, the aspects that, that the way people use the term fake, use it, doesn't really apply because people, like you say, kind of know what they're watching when they watch it. And so it's not fake in that sense because the presumption of reality is only from opening to closing credits, if that. And that that uh, pretense isn't there anymore, like it was 
30 years ago and, and gradually has, you know, it's been part of kind of a gradual thing. So that's where I, I understand people getting upset by the fake comment, and it seemed kind of prickish of Dana to do it. But then that's, you know, Dana. I mean, Dana, he's just, he doesn't care, and he's yeah. got all these sides to him. So And I think he was in a, you know, a, a, granted, a public conversation with somebody. And uh, I, I mentioned, the, you know, the two times I'd met him, he'd been really nice and, you know, yeah. very go- going out his way, you know, to, to make sure I was having a, a good time, and I thought the big, much bigger um, story that day, and and I wrote a little bit about this, was that uh, you know not that that Dana White had referred to wrestling as fake, but that the uh, you know arguably uh, the most uh, popular fighter uh, in the world, uh, Ronda Rousey, had publicly embraced Roddy Piper uh, both before her fight and after her fight. Like that's yeah. they, those, that's the message I think people should remember. Not that. You know that Dana said something that uh, you know people found offensive for a few days. Well, well, how do you feel in 2015 and you know the last few years about fan? And I, I, I have my stance, but I, I'm curious about yours about fans during a match with a heel and a baby face going at it, telling their story. I'm loading this question up, by the way, um, telling their story and the fans chanting, "This is awesome!" during the match. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really special when it happened to me for the first time, and I guess I didn't realize that the fans were doing it like every week at ROH shows. Like, like it was, it was a tribute, <laughs> but not quite as big a tribute as I thought it was. Yeah, I, I think it's good. I mean, fans. I don't think they may overdo it a little bit. You know, they may chant "This is awesome" and a match is only uh, very good, but they don't tend to break out into it all the time. Yeah, I will say, you know, I was at a. a a show in Queens uh, for Marvelous Pro Wrestling, which is the group that Chigusa Nagayo is, has just started. And uh, there were a handful of fans trying to st- start their own chants, and it was largely a Japanese audience that wasn't going along with uh-huh. it. And so I just yeah. like kind of peeked my head out and said, you guys are disrupting the show. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not being <laughs> fans, you're being hecklers. And, yep. and they stopped. And then I made yep. it a point to go out and talk to them after the last match and say, this is a different type of audience. Like, I understand you guys paid your money, but um, you're being disrespectful to the talent, and uh, you're not letting them do their job. And, uh, and they really yeah. appreciated it, and they didn't yeah. know it. And so I find that a lot of times, you know, whether it's somebody making a, uh, chanting something during a match or somebody go, who seemingly is going out of their way to say something mean on social media, doesn't really mean it, you know, like, they don't understand um, that uh, the words they're choosing, uh, the chant they're giving, may not be appropriate for the situation. And, and, and I don't blame the fans in a lot of circumstances. I, bl- I think there's, when I say blame, I, when, a, when a match is going on and there's a baby face making a comeback and a heel is selling, if everybody, the wrestlers and the promotion, setting the table, setting the tone, have done their job, I think the fans should be wrapped up in the moment, cheering the babyface's comeback, not stepping back and trying to show how smart and meta they are by saying, "I appreciate your babyface comeback." <laughs> it's like if someone tells a like if you're doing comedy, Mick, and everybody in the crowd is nodding with their hand scratching their beard, going, "That was funny." That's not what you're looking for. You're looking for ha ha ha. You're guttural laughs. People losing control and twi- so I, that like. I get that this is awesome, Chant, and there are times where it's absolutely appropriate. I mean, absolutely. But to me, like, I think the new age fan who's the smartest of all is the one who, when they go to a wrestling show, they check that, that 
critical, I'm going to praise this wrestler for their great work rate chance, or I am emotionally excited by the performance you're putting on, put that away when you walk through the doors and become a fan who plays along. You know, like yeah, if yeah, a baby I mean, face I, is doing their job, that's what I would love to see more of. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I still love it. I really do. I mean, yeah. um, you know, there are times when I love it more than, than others, and at times right. as people, you know, keep up with my stuff, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll get upset about something I see. But uh, I remember when I went um, with my kids to the uh, NXT show in Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. uh, Triple H said, do you want to go out there and say a few words? I was like, really? You know, like, <laughs> it was so much different than addressing, like, you know, an audience, you know, that I, that I was part of or even returning to uh, – to, to WWE, and then when Joey said, Mick, I had a seat next to me, <laughs> you know, I was like a little kid. It, yeah. it, I loved the match because it kind of bookended uh, being seen uh, by WWE cameras in 1983 during the Snooker match, and then uh, 32 years later, there I am, you know, still going to wrestling, still enjoying myself. So uh, I love the idea that a good match can still make, you know, the Foley family jump out, out of our couches, you know, at... at at uh, two counts, um, and yeah. I mean the fact that two counts may be overdone is another story for another day. But uh, I, I still love it as the power to you know to take people and to tell it on a great journey and tell a great story. I'm Rich Fan, host of the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling-related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Ernie Ladd? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small, so if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Another question I've wanted I've wanted to ask you when I've been thinking about this interview, uh, and I want to go back to you meeting Chigusa Nagayo and talking about that experience too. So let's let's bookmark that for next. But on the topic of crowd response and fans changing over the years and how they receive matches, how they react to matches, what's your opinion on the last ten years of John Cena being the face of wrestling? I, I think he's had one of the most incredible twelve month periods I can remember any top star having. You know, go, I mean. Obviously, Flair at his peak was phenomenal and in some ways superior to John, and John would admit that. Um, but the last 12 months, I think John has done such tremendous work against such a wide array of opponents. Uh, you know, Finishing a match with a broken nose may or may not have been wise of him. Um, going all the way back to the beating he took from Lesnar and the, the, the series of matches he had with Kevin Owens more recently, all that phenomenal year but 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 even stepping back kind of looking again from 10,000 feet looking down at the business are you kind of surprised that John Cena with his traits turned out to be kind of the the of of quite a successful not boom period level but a quite a successful centerpiece face of the industry as a post attitude era Kind of at first, it almost seemed like he was the rebound boyfriend for 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 promoters. Oh, he's the straight, you know, for Vince McMahon, he's a straight laced guy, he's kind of Hogan esque, but he actually kind of stuck, and he's so different than I think anybody would have expected the big star from 2005 to 2015 to be if you asked them in 2003. 
Yeah, especially his character has evolved greatly from the rapper. And some would, you know, some people point out, we, we love the guy, we love what he does, we think his character's uh, stale in the current babyface role. And I remember riding with uh, uh, Jake the Snake in the early 90s and him telling me that uh, you know, he'd done a big angle uh, with Hogan that never aired because uh, after he laid Hogan out, the uh, chance that Jake Chance or DDT Chance started and, and Vince didn't want any part of uh you know his um you know his his top babyface being booed or his top heel being cheered and I think Vince and WWE was really smart in looking past the boos and and seeing the larger picture. I mean I'd love to see a, a Cena heel turn too. I mean I I would love to think that he has that some of that same feeling I did inside that he's just dying to let out. Uh, but within the you know the framework of, of the character, I think the stuff he's done, especially like you said, the last uh, the last uh, several months has been outstanding. You know, I, I, I kind of got labeled like a John Cena fanboy by some people the moment that I, I said I was just sitting at my table, you know, and this is when I was relatively new to social media. My daughter was there. I don't even think she was on Twitter yet, and uh, and I put out a thing that said, "Wow, great." Great uh, promo by John Cena. I think uh, uh, you know people should pay more attention to his legacy of great matches in WWE. And like a minute later, I turned to my daughter and said, "I just got 700 like replies." And she said, "What do you what do you mean?" Like so, I just said, "Yeah, you know, they were all you know half of them agreeing with me, half of them uh, vehemently de- disagreeing." And I said, "Well, you know, try to find a, a John Cena pay per view that hasn't." Uh, perform, you know, uh, hasn't delivered, and everyone pointed to the same match with our truth, and I, you know, so I, I had this conversation going, and all of a sudden I became the John Cena supporter. So I'm going back years and years to where if you have to pick apart one specific match, then you've done a, a really good job as a main eventer. And Cena is, you know, very, you know, stoic, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in public, you know, pulled me aside, and he just looked at me and said, thanks. Like that's all he said. That's all he said, <laughs> and that's all that needed to be said. And it doesn't matter if he ever says it again. Like I know that he appreciates it, and that uh, he can't, you know, in his in his position, he, he can't stick up for himself. He'll sound like a baby if he tries to defend himself against critics. Uh, but um, that was really nice, you know. I, I said you're welcome, and that was the end of the conversation. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a history of top stars in the industry. If we kind of look at the history of them, and it, it's so hard with territory systems too, um, because you know different territories have different styles of wrestling. But it seems like the next big star is never the same or a copycat or a derivative of the previous top star. And yeah, in, you know, like yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think in situations where they've tried to duplicate. A top star, you know, you know, when Sergeant Slaughter left WWE and they um, came held <laughs> with Corporal Kirshner, and uh, when Jimmy Snuka left, you know, yeah. they got Cibiaffi. That like fans see through that really quickly, and they are even like Luger and Hogan. You know, Vince tried to push Luger real hard. Yeah, yeah, and it, and yeah. it didn't work for him. So WWE was lucky that uh, you know they struck gold with Stone Cold, and uh, and um, the odds of finding someone to fill that role. Uh, you know, seem to be uh, uh, you know almost. <laughs> let me try my my vocabulary. You might have to help me here. Infinitesimal. Help me, Huey. Uh, uh, Infinitesimal. Uh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yet uh, they did it with uh, The Rock. But um, I, I mentioned. Um, I think I mentioned in the, the the first book that 
uh, with the success of Stone Cold, all the guys seem to be wanting to be Stone Cold light in their promos. Like, if that was working for him, they were going to do things yeah. like that that would work for them. And that's when I personally, you know, professionally, personally and professionally went a different direction and lightened up the Mankind character. And, uh, and instead of a guy trying to be Stone Cold, you had a unique personality in The Rock coming through. And, uh, you know, and with Steve's help, shining uh, very brightly for WWE. Um, let's uh, let's take a couple phone calls, a couple emails. We'll talk. We'll table two goose and a guy for uh, after a couple calls because we have had some people holding for a while. Um, also, and I'm going to uh, bring in uh, Brian from Minneapolis, regular caller on the show here. Uh, Brian, thanks for holding so long um, and uh, helping up me out technically too with a little email note. What uh, you're on with Mick Foley here on Peter Lee Torch Livecast? What have you got for him? Absolutely, Wade. No need to apologize. It's been a great conversation. Uh, Thank made you. the yeah, hours fly by. Um, my one question is to Mick Foley, and for me as a fan, it's hard for me to watch, and he doesn't have to answer this if he wants to just leave it on the table, it's fine, but when I watch people like The Rock, or especially for me, Triple H, uh, I don't even know how they're, in my opinion, leeching off the legacy of all the stuff they put you through from the chair shots to the you know insane over-the-top high spots that built your legend and helped make your career, but... I feel like they didn't have to pay that kind of price, and they're getting to get a lot of that glory, and you are the one who's paying the ultimate price for that. And I don't think they pay you enough kudos into that. I don't see you in the opening montage highlighted and constant and stuff like that. I appreciate you thinking that way. I disagree. I think I get enough, so probably more than enough. And I was in the opening montage for like 10 years. You know, that's you know, like 10 years <laughs> after I was gone full-time, I was still in the opening montage. Um, I get more. I get more than enough credit. You know, Rock speaks very kindly of me in um, interviews, um, and uh, Hunter has you know made it clear that he appreciates what I did. Um, but it was also my job. You know, like everyone has a different job. Like the offensive tackle opening up the holes for a running back is not going to get as much uh, um, uh, attention as the running back going through those holes. So I never saw myself. As the, like the top guy, I it was always understood. Um, I always understood that I was, you know, playing a role, and that my job was to get guys ready for the next uh, step. And uh, I, I I accepted it, and uh, I took a lot of pride in it, and I loved it. And the fact that people still recognize me, you know, uh, 15 years after I stopped wrestling full time, is uh, is really satisfaction enough. I don't I, I don't get me wrong. I'd like to be in the opening montage. You know, I'm <laughs> personally offended when they didn't use me, <laughs> a vision of me to, to build up the uh, uh, you know Sting's return. I was like, that's what I'm there for. You know, like I, I always took great pride yeah. in the fact that you know Triple H would be talking about retiring me like four years after I'd already returned. You know, like <laughs> I, 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 that's what I'm there for. So I, I don't yeah. I don't mind at all. I think I've been given more than enough credit by WWE. And Mick, really, what harm could there? We know you're being honest. Because what harm could there be in saying really horrible things about how Rock and Triple H treat you? It's not like they still have any power in this industry. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. is uh, When The Rock came back last year, um, uh, and, and he made the surprise return with Rusev, you know, my daughter goes, is she told me like an hour earlier, Dad, I think, I think Rock's returning. <laughs> I, think, uh, I don't think so. And... 
The reason she knew is that uh, she'd been Snapchatting with The Rock's daughter. So it's uh, oh, wow. very cute, you know, <laughs> like uh, she'll get a, a text and say, and my daughter will say, what are you doing? She'll go, I'm in the limo. We're going to the Hercules premiere. And then I'll go, tell, tell Rock I said hello. And she'll go, my dad says to tell your dad. He says hello. So it's really cute. And then um, that, that night somebody had, uh, te- you know, somebody tweeted out, something like, when are we going to see your return? And I really wasn't trying to feel sorry for myself. I mean, you just have to trust that I wasn't. When I said, well, I'm not really the surprise guy. I'm the, the panel guy or the backstage vignette guy. And then two weeks later, I got a call from WWE about coming in and doing the, the promo with um, Rollins and Ambrose. And uh, the moment I got out there on the you know the stage when the music hit, my first thought was, I guess I was wrong, you know, like huh. <laughs> I can be the surprise guy. And that's why I don't I don't worry if the phone doesn't ring for a year, because I feel like they know that um, if they need a boost that, um, you know, I'm, I'm a phone call away. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, thanks for the call. It's always. Absolutely. Right. Just a reminder, we have a VIP sale going on nine dollars off. Any VIP subscription, that brings a one-month subscription down to $0.99. This is a great time to try a VIP membership, $0.99. And now, when you sign up on our sign-up form, you can choose to pay with PayPal, or you can enter your credit card and debit card securely, safely, directly on our simplified, shorter sign-up form. We just remodeled the website, we just remodeled the sign-up form, and we made it easier than ever to pay. In about 90 seconds, you can be a VIP member for the next full month, for just 99 cents, go to pwtorch.com slash govip, go to the sign-up form, and enter coupon code SUMMER2020SALE. That's SUMMER2020SALE, and that'll give you $9 off a one-month sub. You can also apply that $9 discount to a three-month or one-year sub. pwtorch.com slash govip, coupon code SUMMER2020SALE. Now you can pay directly with your credit card or debit card right on our short and simple sign-up form. Let's, uh, let's go to an email question. I want to definitely get one of those or a couple of those in two. Uh, Anthony from Australia says, uh, Mick, welcome to the live cast. Long time coming. Uh, quick question. Assuming Daniel Bryan returns to wrestling in a WWE ring, which he says, which I'm hoping for as long as it doesn't put him at any more risk than any other wrestler, how difficult do you think it'll be for him to, quote, tone it down, as they say, in work like he is already over instead of trying to get himself over? And this is a little bit related to something Steve Austin talked about, Mick, where he said that Daniel Bryan had, that he called Daniel, that Daniel called him, and they had a talk about what Austin had to do after his neck injury to change his style because he was already over and he wanted to make money for as long as he could and be there for the fans as long as he could. And he had, it, it was a real mental adjustment for Steve, and you know Steve so well too, the oh, yeah, pride yeah. that he took. In wrestling, I mean, I've talked to him about podcasting in last, a lot. I've been on a show, and we'll talk just about the techniques and the te- technology and all that. The level of like pride he takes in it, and how bad he feels when he has a bad show or doesn't get to prepare, is so similar to 25 years ago when as a wrestler. And he said he had a talk with Brian, going, "You got to change your mentality. It's okay to not just tear the house down and put yourself at risk. You're already over. Pick your spots. Be there for the fans." And in reading Daniel Bryan's book, I don't know if you have yet, or Mick. Uh, I yet haven't. Or not, but I, will, I will, but I need to. It, it's really good. And, and I read that, and I, I, like, I, will, I almost feel like more people who have been through it need to talk to, Dan, to Bryan 
and and tell him seriously, Brian, you 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 owe it to everybody to slow down and pick your spots. So yeah, I don't want to hijack the question, but to kind of put it in perspective, even Steve has talked about that with Daniel because he went through it. Yeah, um, I, I remember seeing Steve in his comeback and thinking he was doing more than he needed to, even while realizing that he was toning it down. I, I remember seeing him take the three German suplexes and feeling like you don't need to do that. Um, I had a talk with Brian about his style um, three years ago um, yeah. when he was just starting to get over uh, on a crazy level, telling him that now that the audience was there, he didn't have to feel like he had to do uh, go full tilt every night, that people were going to be more than happy uh, with him playing the character and providing really good matches. Like He didn't have to be great every night. Granted, I, I said the same thing to Punk after watching him at a house show, and he said, if I didn't, you know, I wouldn't be here. Like, it was kind of what brought him there was that drive to be great every night. Um, yeah. But I uh, I reached out again when I saw um, uh, Daniel uh, or Brian uh, in a match. I think I was on uh, watching on DVR while a couple of family members were upstairs, and, like, I heard them yelling. And I said, what happened? What happened? I said, man, Daniel Bryan just took a really nasty bump. Um in a Luke Harper match. I, and, uh, I, I jumped out of my chair when I saw uh, yeah, it. Yeah, I, I did too. I swear. Yeah. I mean, that was what I do. And, uh, oh. and I've done that. You know, that's it before, especially that's the reaction. You know, the first yeah. time I saw uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams' backdrop driver on a DHS oh. tape, I jumped out of my chair. You know, when I saw Lita do the, um, the tope where she nearly broke her neck, like, that was the same reaction I had. And, um, you know, I uh, you know I consider uh, Bree Bella to be a, a, a really good friend, and I said, you know, I, I reached out to her. And I was like, he doesn't have to do that, and she said, will you please tell him that? And uh-huh. she, you know, and I, so I I try, you know, tried, <laughs> and uh, I hope he listens. You know, I hope he listens if he comes back. Um, and I did, you know, and I reached uh, I reached out a couple times, so he knows if he no- needs someone to talk to that uh, I'm there. I don't personally think he's going to take me up on that. <laughs> um, I, I honestly don't, you know, like, yeah. like he, um, has his own way of doing things. I hope some of it sinks in and, um, uh, because I think he still has a great run in front of him where he doesn't have to tear that. You know, he can be the three and a half star guy, you know, yep. there's nothing wrong with that. And I think anyone who appreciates and respects wrestling will accept that and actually be happy for him. You know, I, I know yeah. I really appreciate it when I had, People coming up to me and going, please don't, please don't do that. Like, yeah. we just enjoy seeing you out there. Like, we'd rather have you around, um, you know, than not have you at all. We'd rather have you around having fun and good matches than not around at all. Trying. Well, and, uh, and, I mean, Mazawa. What you know? Think about what he gave to the industry and to die yeah. in a match in the ring from you know a, a cervical spinal cord in uh, a spinal cord injury that seems to have been tied to wear and tear and, and, and a really hard, strong style. I mean, it's not going to happen to thank, – thankfully, it's not going to happen to very many people with anybody else, but it, it, it accentuates and underlines why it, I, I think, like, the community needs to come together and talk to people who are at this pivot point in their careers. And, and everybody needs to learn from history, including the fans, you know, and, and accept and embrace that somebody in their mid-30s who's put in the years and the bumps that Brian has – can go out there and, and I don't mean phone it in, have passion, have charisma, yeah. have, have signature moves and still sell, but just pick your spots carefully. There's a, there's a hundred moves people pay to see Daniel Bryan do, but he can only do 20. Do the 20 safest ones. 
Yeah, yeah, and you know, to get you know, stop dropping that headbutt off the, the top rope would be my first uh, yeah. suggestion to him. Um, yeah. I, this is, and you know, your fans, you know, are really, you know, we talk about not exposing kayfabe in general, but it's a great given that you know, your audience knows, you know, the inner workings of wrestling, right? And so I don't think I'm going to, you know, shatter any illusions when I go back to 1996 and talk about my uh, house show run with Shawn Michaels. And Shawn was really banged up, and he was the top guy. And I would make it a point of pride to not give him a single bump. And <laughs> I mean, that's great. We could do it. Yeah. And yep. you know, for the for the for the real diehard fan, they look at it and go, "Those Shawn Michaels matches aren't up to." the standards he set on pay-per-view and they, maybe they weren't but they were good matches you know and they were they were in the three and a half star range and we got great crowd responses and i was keeping uh you know i was keeping the wwe's top investment safe and i took a lot of pride in that and i know guys you know even on tv where everything's high definition and uh and and close-ups that there are guys who can work who are good enough to work that style, you know, and uh, old timers who would be glad to drop by and offer suggestions uh, to Brian to see him uh, continue. Like I said, I think he's got an amazing streak left in him, and I think there are, you know, heels uh, good enough and understanding enough to, uh, you know, to 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 do to do those type of matches without, uh, you know, without permanently disabling a guy who is, uh, you know, worked so hard. Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! And I think something that it, it, I'm old enough now where now I start talking like the sage who's seen so much, but um, I haven't through a lot of three decades of, of, you know, close to three decades of, you know, watching. Uh, Following wrestling from the perspective of kind of stepping back from being the fan who bought a ticket and cheered wildly to one who just wants to study why do things happen, why do things work the way they do. And studying what, what was so scarce back in the late 80s and early 90s were four-star matches. It was like a big deal when Flair and Steamboat in Chicago had a four-and-a-quarter-star match. And now, in the last seven days, people on tele- just watching on television or yeah. computer – have probably had access to eight four-star matches, you know, thanks to G1 especially. But, like, I mean, there's really good three-and-a-half, four-star matches regularly. So, to me, the bar has switched from, thank God there's people with the work ethic of Flair and Steamboat setting the bar, and now I'm sort of like, let's lower the bar on work rate <laughs> and sacrifice, and let's put up put up a premium on getting the proper crowd response, the efficiency of somebody, like you said, having a three-and-a-half-star match with minimal bumps Saving, saving yourself physically, but still getting the crowd to lose themselves and cheering for a face and boo the heel. To me, that's the high level of art, not getting a this is awesome chant because you just flipped dove and now nobody's selling it 30 seconds later. 
Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I hope they uh, find that <clears throat> balance. I think uh, when uh, WWE went into the PG era, it seemed like a safer alternative. Uh, I yeah. think, but the extremes that guys have gone to within the PG parameters to have great matches has really taken a toll on uh, on uh, on bodies. So, in some ways, yeah. the, the you know the stuff we see today that allows people to have the four and four and a half star matches is much more difficult physically than the stuff I was doing in ECW in Japan. You know, it's yeah. strange it may seem like that was when I was actually at my healthiest. Like I had a lot of stitches and I had some burns, but like uh I believe it or not, like I could do seventy five push ups in nineteen ninety five. Wow. And uh, do, being able to do two hundred Hindus seemed like a lot to me at the time and then uh I met one of the Japanese young girls who does eight hundred daily. So I wasn't <laughs> as good a shape as I thought, but I would like I was able to like kind of heal up actually by doing you know by using some of the hardcore options like the cheese grater, you know. Which yeah, oh, really of course. No, no, I mean I grew up. <laughs> I grew up watching Mad Dog Vachon as a kid cheering him wildly in the death match against Jerry Jerry Blackwell because I thought somebody was going to leave in a casket. I didn't know any better, and I was cheering wildly for Mad Dog to be the one who lived. And his offense was eye rakes and scraping a guy, <laughs> scraping Jerry's face against the top rope. And it's all I needed. I mean, I was, it was, it, he, because his character was so believable and authentic, and Crusher Blackwell was, was such a horrible, awful villain. And I mean, it just, it works. So, no, totally. Like, I, I'm, I'm like all for efficiency. We have just an abundance of, of great athletes doing high spots. Now I want those high spots to mean something. Because truthfully, too, Mick, we've seen, and you experience it every day, the price that was paid for the, can you top this? mentality that was almost in rebellion from the lazy, well, laziness is the wrong word, but the conservative approach that kind of took over in the 80s. I think that we've seen the, the price, we've learned those lessons, and it's kind of like, all right, let's 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 pick our spots now. Let's make them count when we do them because we know a price is paid. Yeah, yeah, I um, I, I agree with you. And I find myself defending the current product to, like, Guys will come up, well-meaning fans, that go, hey, wrestling is nothing like it was, you know, when you were out there. Like, that was the real stuff. And then I'll have to go to bat for the current guys and how hard they're working and, you know, how much more difficult it is. Um, yeah. You know, um, since the Monday Night Wars, when people came to take, you know, started taking good matches for granted. Yes. Oh, yeah, I mean, you had to search so hard. I mean, again, I'm sounding old, but you had to search. It's like talking about porn when you were, you know, in the pre-internet era. It's like you had to search so hard to find what you liked before <laughs> the previous era, and now it's so readily available. I don't think anybody anybody who complains. I'm like, you can watch Lucha Underground or NXT on your computer, and New Japan has a subscription service. You don't have to wait six weeks for a grainy VCR. You get to watch four star matches on Raw or three and a half stars on a regular basis. It's just yeah, it's it's crazy good in certain ways, but also frustrating in other ways. And I mean, that's it's always going to be like that. Um, by the way, our emailer Anthony from Australia said, "P.S. It was great. My son and I got to meet the three faces of Foley, six if you count Noel, in San Jose at WrestleCon." So, <laughs> wanted to add that. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was fun to be able to you know, you know, I've, uh, when, you're, when your daughter's twenty one and she still likes hanging out with you. Uh, and in that in that case, we we actually you know made money together. It was the first time we ever, yeah. the only time we ever done that. Uh, it was great. And uh, yeah. so, so tell him thank you. Absolutely. All right, let's go to an international call here. I believe it's Craig. He really wanted to uh, get on to uh, ask you a question. Uh, oh no, Michael. I'm sorry, Michael from Canada. Uh, go ahead, Michael, with your question for Mick Foley. Thanks for holding. 
Hey, it's Mike from Canada. How are you doing? Hey, Mike, how are you doing? Good. Um, I just wanted to say first, it's the first time I've got to talk to you, Wade, since I've been listening to the show, so I wanted to congratulate you on your induction a couple weeks ago. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the Waterloo National Rugby Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot to tell I, you, I require all guests to call me Hall of Famer Wade Keller in every <laughs> reference. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> okay. Um, also, I'd just like to say um, it's a real privilege to speak with you, uh, Mick, and i just like to... Um, just say thank you for your contributions to what WWE is today, because if you didn't do what you did, it wouldn't be in the place it is now, so thank you for that. Well, well I appreciate that. Thanks. Okay, and I just had a couple, um, just a couple uh, little questions, nothing uh, big. I just wanted to get both your opinions on what you think the SummerSlam card is shaping up to be as of right now. Yeah, well, I think once you got, like, that super match, you know, with um, Lesnar and Undertaker, and uh, you're in a position where it's just understood that the title match is secondary, that, you know, you've got the makings for a special event. I love the fact that uh, the women are going to get a chance to shine in the uh, um, in their in their match with the nine women involved. And uh, I think the undercard's filling out nicely. Yeah, you know, I, Mick, we have limited time with you, so I'm not going to give my, you know, eight-minute dissertation on SummerSlam. Although, by the way, I want to note, I'll probably be hosting tomorrow's show uh, Bruce will be out of town, and uh, Travis is out of country. So uh, anybody who wants to give me a call tomorrow, I may or may not bring a guest on. I might do a solo show for an hour tomorrow, but we can uh, talk SummerSlam at length tomorrow. I, I think that Undertaker and uh, um, uh, and Brock Lesnar is a really intriguing match, Mick, when you kind of s- try to look at what is what are they going to do. You know, <laughs> match quality-wise is, is intriguing, but the finish is really intriguing to me. I mean, it just it changes the course of – drastically how Undertaker or Brock Lesnar go forward because either of them losing feels so monumental within the journey their characters are on. Yeah, I agree. And it's uh, one of those matches as a fan that you feel like you you have to see. Um, yeah. And I, I, when I was on a couple of, I think three years ago, three Octobers ago with Punk um, in ring, I talked about fans, uh, you know, they don't, they, don't, they don't remember statistics, they remember moments. And I think, uh, you know, Undertaker and Lesnar gave us, and a, and a cast of dozens, including, a, you know, very adamant Bo Dallas, uh, you know, in breaking <laughs> up that. <laughs> the great, I just saw the great meme where, you know, they just kept getting closer in on him, and they just, why won't you believe? And uh, uh, it was, it, it made me laugh. Uh, but they created one of those moments. There were, they kind of created the pull apart that all future pull aparts will be judged by. Oh, and yeah. uh, hopefully they can create another one of those moments uh, for us at, at SummerSlam. And I don't know where they go, um, you know, with the ending, um, but uh, I, I'm sure that uh, there's some great minds uh, working on something that we can remember for a while. Uh, do you anticipate you'll be part of WrestleMania 31 in some capacity, or are you hoping, or you just don't want to comment because what will be will be? Uh, no, I don't anticipate it. Um, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm not holding I'm not holding my breath. Um, I mean, I'm, I, you never know. Like I said, I, I would rather I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd rather play a big part in a Raw uh, than you know be in a vignette backstage at Mania. So like okay. I, yeah. I I never did count successes based on, you know, manias. Like, I joked uh, during my special that Shawn Michaels may have been Mr. WrestleMania, but I was Mr. In Your House. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, I never, yeah, thanks. Uh, 
I, I never let the the situation determine the importance. And I go back to days when you know I'd be with Shane Douglas in Polka, West Virginia, in front of literally twenty six people, thinking I had to put on the performance of a lifetime. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I I don't I don't know if I'll be part of it. I'd be happy to, but I won't be disappointed if I'm not. Well, the Patriot Del Wilkes was a great guest on this program a, a couple months back, and I make I don't want to don't want to be too insulting here, but I always consider the Patriot Mister in your house. <laughs> that may bring us both back out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. And, and I, you know, I say it totally as a joke, but like I think about his title shot against Brett on like a throwaway in your house, you know, quote throwaway in your house wasn't like well, it's like that's what in your house was for, like you know, the one-off title matches for a guy and all that, and it's just you know, the in your house thing didn't last very long, but. Yeah, when I think of In Your House, I always think of that. But um, So I'm joking, but sort of like that's why I chose him, because I always think about, would he have been on pay-per-view in a title match if not for the In Your House concept? Probably not, uh, but then again, neither would I. You know, uh, I got my yeah. biggest breaks on uh, In Your House uh, matches and, and tried to yeah. make them, and I did make the most of them. I was just talking to Todd Martin on the Fix with Todd Martin, the VIP audio show about CM Punk, and if he would have gotten a break, if not for ECW. You know, Paul Heyman going, this is my guy, I want him. You know, option A and option B are out for whatever reason. Let let me push this punk guy. It's like whatever. You know, yeah, probably, <laughs> and then probably punk gets not. The time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at PWTorchDailyCast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Casts. Okay, just a couple, couple quick things. One, somebody sent a question we already addressed on Daniel Bryan, uh, but he did have a fun story uh, short when he goes, it was great seeing your, your stand-up on two occasions in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. I don't think I'll ever be able to forget you, Mick, dressed as Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, he said, sometimes, I bet- sometimes things look good on paper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had tried this thing out, uh, basically Dorothy cutting a promo on the, the Good Witch <laughs> for not yeah. letting her know that she could have returned back to Kansas at any time. Uh, <laughs> and my daughter kept asking me, like, Dad, when are you going to do that again? You know, it was like she tapped her heels once or twice and went, wait a second. <laughs> wait, are you? And then I, I, I didn't have anything written down. I went and I did a promo uh, off the top of my head. And I didn't think it was particularly good, but I didn't think Mr. Sacco was particularly good until Austin told me it was one of the funniest things he'd ever seen. And then the next day there were 
you know, signs and chants going on, and it changed <laughs> the course of my uh, career. But uh, based on my daughter's reaction to something I did four years earlier, I actually had a dress made to fit me, like oh, <laughs> I had a dress man. made. And uh, I did the routine with Jason Sensation, you know. Oh, where, yeah, uh, <laughs> and it just didn't it didn't work, you know. And we were <laughs> laughing about it on the trip, uh, you know, this is going to be great, you know. And it was like, you know, it was Dorothy talking to, to Stone Cold and saying, well, do you, you know, do you like... Uh, <laughs> Do you like junk food? Uh, Hell, I eat a couple of hoes now and then. And do you like you know, watching wrestling? Yeah, Monday Night Raw is my favorite show. And then we went into something, ho ho ho, and a couple of Monday Raws. That's how we spend the day away in the merry old land of Oz. And me cutting the promo. And as I was doing it, I realized this is not working. <laughs> I will never, I will never do it again. And so I did have the dress made with the hopes of having a great new story that would tie in wrestling with, with uh, you know, an iconic movie. And it just didn't didn't work. Uh, it might if I worked hard enough on it, but I, uh, I made a, myself a vow that I would never do the Dorothy bit again. <laughs> well, J.C. from Ontario is one of the lucky ones. Then. But you never know. That's one thing you never know unless you try, you know, and that's... Absolutely. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, you want to take a chance like that. Ring. Yeah. Uh, he adds, I've been a huge fan for decades, Mick. Thank you for all the great moments in the ring, your passion for the business, and respect for those supporting you. So, nice. Uh, Thank you. Nice words from a fan. Um, let's, uh, hopefully we can have you back on, Mick, one of these weeks, months, years, because I've enjoyed the heck out of this, and there's so much I want to get to, but I'm not putting you on the spot about that. I want to talk about Chikusa Nagayo and uh, wrap up with that, because Japanese wrestling itself, I mean, when people look at you as a pioneer, you were, but I know you were influenced uh, by... Uh, and you, the things you did in the United States to a great degree were launched as ideas that you saw in Japan in some cases. And, and talk about that connection and, and getting to be around Chigusa. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, uh, this goes back to, I started in 85, and it was probably early 1986 when, I just, uh, maybe mid 86, when I started having some pretty good matches with Shane Douglas. Um, but uh, my punches were weak. And uh, it was Brian Hildebrand, who you know a lot of fans remember as referee Mark Curtis for WCW, was one of my uh, old dearest friends in wrestling, and he was a huge student of the the business. And he wanted me to watch a match with Bruiser Brody and Terry Funk to see how you know to see how their punches were thrown. And on that one VHS, he had not only the Brody Funk match, which I loved, you know, and I instantly became a fan of of both Brody and Funk's, um, but also like Carl Gotch in his like late sixties doing a, t- a very technical match, uh, and uh, probably most importantly Dynamite Kid and, and Tiger Mask. You know, there was just so much on that one tape. I just dove kind of headlong into Japanese wrestling, and uh, and. You know, really couldn't believe the things they were doing, uh, especially the women. And I think part of the reason, like I haven't previously given more credit to the women, and this is just me making an assessment. You know, years later, so I think I actually may have been like threatened <laughs> by <laughs> what the women were doing because I, I really was confident in my character, and I felt like I had a unique perspective, and that things I did were different and kind of groundbreaking. And then I would hear about like what Miami Toyota was doing, and I would think I can't. I can't drop kick at all, let alone drop kick off the top rope. Like I, I, I couldn't. You know, I was just kind of in awe of what the women were able to do and the, the emotion they showed. And in some ways, I think I connected 
as much with the women as I did with the men, maybe because in the Japanese culture, like, you know, really, you know, male wrestling was like keeping an order with like the, the warrior code. And I think the women felt freer to express emotion. And I think I was drawn yeah. to that. And Chigusa was someone who had that, you know, the charisma and, uh, and 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 just brought you in and had a way of making you believe and care about her. And so when I had a chance to, you know, when I saw um, a message about uh, uh, Tough Patrick doing a show in uh, Queens, I, uh, I, I hit the link, and the second I saw Chagusa's face, I was like, I need to go to that show. Like, I had no idea I would ever see her again, let alone see her wrestle. And uh, I got to do both and was uh, really... You know, it's really rewarding for me not only to go, but to be asked to go into the uh, uh, the ring after the main event. And uh, you know, she mm. gave me a big hug and you know, domo arigato. You know, like it's really nice that somebody that I held in such high esteem, you know, thought so highly of me as well. That's very cool. That's very cool. I'll make you stayed well beyond the time that that we agreed to. I very much thank you for that. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this talk. It, 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 uh, I respect I respect the journey that you've been on so much and the fact that we've kind of paralleled each other from a time standpoint and following the industry uh, changed the way we have from such different places. And your contributions and the places you've gone and the things you've done um, are, you know, going to be remembered as very influential and, and uh, you know, the emails I got, and I didn't even get to scratch the surface on them, uh, much less phone calls, indicate very much appreciated for all time, you know, and, and so, uh, but even more so, there's a lot of people who contribute to this industry who can't uh, be as good of a guest and as thoughtful of a guest as, as you were today, and I knew you would be based on those early Torch Talks, and we didn't even get to the Munsters and the Adams Family, <laughs> like we did back then, so um, thank you for, uh, for coming on the show, thanks for spending more time with us, thanks for the technical difficulties earlier, and uh, hopefully we can do it again down the road, and uh, best of luck to you, and Closing words from you, if you have any. Yeah, let's let's do it again. I, I really en enjoyed it. I'm glad I did it, um, and uh, and I appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, um, creating awareness uh, not only from you know the stuff I do professionally, but um, some of the causes that I support. And uh, I'll go on record. And I'll say let's do it again when I do the uh, rain raffle um, right. for, before WrestleMania. We can talk about Mania, uh, create some awareness, and uh, talk about the old days again. But that's fantastic. No, that's, I mean, you've seen the same, so much of the same wrestling I have, but through a different lens. And so, you know, it, it, it I, I, I get excited to ask you questions because I respect your opinions on so much and you're a student of the game who still follows it and I think appreciates a lot of the, a lot of the same things. It gets frustrated by a lot of the same things. So it's, <laughs> your insights are great. Uh, Mick, right. thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Wade. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, I just want to apologize to the callers we didn't get to. I, I'm sorry. I just had too much to say after 12 years, too many questions to ask. So I, I kind of hoarded the uh, hoarded the questions, um, but uh, and same with the emails. We got a couple in, a couple emails, and a couple question, uh, callers. And uh, I thank those of you for your support and, uh, and your patience if you're on hold. And like Mick said, he'll be back on the show down the line, and I look forward to that. Until next time, on behalf of Mick Foley and all our callers, Wade Teller, signing off.
by popular demand. We're now offering a payment method in addition to PayPal, which has served us well for a long time. You now can sign up directly on our VIP sign-up form and become a VIP member in about 30 seconds by entering your debit or credit card number right on our sign-up form. We use the Stripe payment service. It's safe, it's secure, it's encrypted, and we never see the details. But within a minute, you're a VIP member. And we're running a sale right now. It's our second sale of 2020, just announced this month. You can go VIP for just 99 cents for a full month. That'll cover everything we do for SummerSlam, TakeOver 30, and All Out, with everything else before, during, and in between. All you have to do is enter August 2020 as the coupon code on our streamlined, simplified sign-up form. Go to pwtorch.com slash govip. That is pwtorch.com slash govip. That'll tell you everything about what comes with the VIP membership, the weekly newsletter, PDF and all-text format, exclusive content, a lot of my writing, editorials, cover stories, our staff feature columns, and so much more. Again, in PDF and all-text format, plus our entire podcast lineup, new podcasts every single day that are VIP-exclusive, ad-free versions of the Wade Keller podcasts and the PW Torch Daily Casts, and archives dating back to the late 1980s, over 1,600 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, plus an ad-free version of our redesigned and revamped website, pwtorch.com. Check out the new look, the new logo, the new layout, and enjoy it ad-free as a VIP member. Again, go to pwtorch.com slash govip. And for just 99 cents, that's $9 off our monthly sub. By the way, you can apply the $9 discount to our three-month and one-year sub if you'd rather. Go to pwtorch.com slash govip. Click on the sign-up form and then enter coupon code AUGUST2020. You can still use PayPal or you can enter your credit card or debit card directly on our sign-up form. It takes just 90 seconds, and you will unlock access to over three decades of Torch-style wrestling coverage. There's an unmatched, incredible array of insider information, editorials, interviews, contemporaneous coverage of pro wrestling's biggest matches, biggest events. Check it out, pwtorch.com slash govip. Come on back or join us for the first time. Enter coupon code AUGUST2020 to get $9 off whatever VIP subscription term you choose. That brings one month down to just $0.99. Cents. Give it a shot. We think you will love it. We appreciate your support. Have you claimed your free audiobook? It's waiting for you right now at audible.com slash wade. That's audible.com slash wade. Or text wade to 500-500. Audible is not just audiobooks, although... That's a great part of Audible, and it's what they're best known for. But during times like these, they're also offering some great services like Audible Sleep. A good night's sleep is essential for keeping our minds and bodies strong. But it's not always easy, especially now. So, co-created with Thrive Global, their short, soothing audio experiences that let you meditate with Diddy, drift off with Nick Jonas, bathe in sound with Sarah Oster, and more. And the great part is, these offerings are free right now. Even if you're not an Audible member, go to audible.com sleep for more information. I also have learned a lot about Donald Trump's upbringing and his family. I had to listen as soon as it came out to Too Much and Never Enough by Mary L. Trump. No matter how you feel about President Trump, getting to know what his family upbringing was like and what he's been like to his family adds perspective to uh, who he is today. 
And even if it, they just changed the names of everybody and it wasn't a Trump family, it's just a, a fascinating family drama uh, in and of itself. Uh, so that is available now. Also, Jim Ross's new book is out and many other wrestling books. So yeah, if you're into uh, professional wrestling, which you probably are if you're listening to this, then uh, you can check out their library of pro wrestling books too. So go check them out. Just go to audible.com slash Wade. That's audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500 to claim your free audiobook. By the way, every month, not only do you get an audiobook with your membership of your choosing in their vast, vast library of audiobooks, but they have Audible Originals. And those Audible Originals are free with your membership. They used to limit you to two out of the Audible Original selections each month. Now you can download any or all of them. And it's a real cool array of uh, recommendations that they make on a wide array of topics and formats. So you get more bang for your buck than ever with an Audible membership. That's audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at pwtorchdailycast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at pwtorchdailycast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, pwtorchdailycast.com. 